0: I pray that you would release grace right now over every single listener, that you would remind them that you have never called us to walk this journey alone.
1: This is the Helping You Win Leadership Podcast. Our number one goal is to help you take a step whether it's in life leadership or ministry the mission is simple to help you win we're so glad you've joined us today be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media at helping you win podcast now here's your host seth tomboli Awesome. Well, hey, you guys, I've got Brandon Cormier here with me today from Colorado Springs. He planted a church in probably the craziest time ever, Zeal Church. I love keeping up with what they're doing, and uh, he's with me today, and this episode is going to look a little bit different than our typical episode. Uh, Brandon posted something a while back, and it caught my attention, and I was like, bro, you have to talk about this. But before we dive into that, uh, Brandon, we tell us a little bit about you, where you're at, what you're doing, just all that good stuff?
0: Yeah, sure. Thank you so much, Seth. It's such an honor to be on your podcast. I love just even the name Helping People Win. And I think if we can always keep that in mind, I was just at a roundtable with the global leader, world-renowned that John Maxwell is. Many of us know the name. Many of us have read his books and implemented his principles, but I had the honor and the privilege of just being with him for a day with about 30 pastors and he just reminded wow. us if we could set any one goal in life and kind of share the rules that he lives by and that he lives his life by, what marks him is I have a passion to add value to people's lives. And so I love, oh. I just say that to say, I love the name of this podcast because it's, it's helping people win. What, what are you really saying, Seth? You're like little John Maxwell, right? Like you want to <laughs> add value to people's lives. And, and, in my life, that's been a core value for years and years, like leave people better than how you found them, whether that's in dating relationships, yes. friendships, ministry, on the job, in the corporate world, just try to leave people a little bit better than how you found them. Yeah. And that's helping people win. So thank you for allowing me this privilege of being on this platform, bro. Well, I'm Brandon Cormier. I have, uh, I'm married to Octavia, I've been married for uh, March this year, uh, May 11 years of marriage, have three kids, uh, two little girls, Ryan and Nora, who are eight and five respectively. And then uh, our newest child is a son, my first son, boy, his name is King Cormier. He was just born yes. about seven and a half, almost eight <laughs> months ago. And uh, so that's the season of life we're we in. I uh, did full-time youth ministry for a space of about 12 and a half, almost 13 years, uh, full-time at uh, mid- Size to really large megachurches, and just leading teenagers, and internships, and all of the things. Serving in the local church for upwards of 14 years, full time now, and then uh, last wow. year uh, we embarked on a journey. The journey started in 2019, but kind of culminated September the 13th, 2020 we launched Zeal Church in Colorado Springs uh, through the amazing church planning ministry known as ARC, Association of Related Churches. Um, and so we launched September 13th and uh, in the middle of a global pandemic, a political climate that it was just unrivaled, at least in my time, in terms of rising tensions and racial tensions and a global pandemic and all of that. But God was faithful. On our launch day, we had over 900 people show up. About 784 people stayed and attended services uh, and people got saved. And uh, we're about uh, seven and a half months in, have nearly a thousand people joining us in person on the weekend, Um, young, old, different races, all different spaces of our finding family, finding community, and loving the local church. Again, the name of our church is Zeal. I was birthed out of this verse. Zeal for God's house has consumed us because we just believe that God does some of his best work in and through the local church, the gathering of believers. And so it has been such a fun run. God's bless us with a breathtaking team to impact the city of Colorado Springs in a significant way. So that's a little bit about me. That's what we are doing. And uh, that's what we're called to in this season here in Colorado.
1: I love that, Brandon. And I just to say this, man, the first time I uh, got to hear you speak uh, I just knew there was something different about you, and I'm not surprised at all that that many people showed up. I know it's God's grace, but the way that you love people and the way you point people to Jesus, man, you you lead from afar, and so just know mm. you're leading a lot more people than you think, all the way in little old Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> man, you have influenced me, and I just appreciate your voice, and so, bro, I'm going to just turn you loose, and uh, I just want you to share some of those things that... Uh, You posted a a couple months ago, and and I just believe it's really going to help people today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Seth. That's that's so kind. That's so encouraging, man. That just speaks life to my spirit, bro. Um, So number one, I just, you know, I I posted, you know, a couple months ago, a few ministry leadership thoughts. Number one, say what you mean and mean what you say. And obviously, that's not a phrase that I necessarily coined. Lots of people have said that, but... I think that there's an epidemic of honesty and authenticity, um, both in and outside of church uh, leadership and secular leadership, where we have become so accustomed to telling people what they want to hear, or when given the opportunity to speak or give our input. Um, and I think that honestly, sometimes it comes from a place of insecurity. How is this going to be received? Or, and so because of those insecurities, um, Because of that unsure uh, footing, we say things that we don't necessarily really mean. And we don't realize that it's so much more hurtful than it is helpful to people. I mm. have made a decision some years ago, Seth, and it took me a while to get to this place. It's a quote my, my wife had reposted somewhere, but I'm like, man, that is so good. Like, Allow the world to feel the full weight of who you are. And I think it, whenever we overlay that with the lens of Christ in us, the hope of glory as Christian, as Christian leaders, allow the world to feel the full weight of who you are, of who God has called and created you to be. I think for me, for many years, um, and, and some of it was just out of my own insecurity, but some of it was the context in which I was serving. I did not feel the freedom, I did not feel the permission. To, to bring all of me, the, the cultural, ethnic me, the, the academic me, the charismatic me, the, bring all of that to the table. So many times I felt like I had to pick and choose. So therefore, whenever I was brought mm-hmm. to the table it, to, to give my opinion or give input, it's like, man, I, say what I mean. Me, when I say, I don't know if it's going to be received. So let me say something that I feel like is going to be more palatable for the room and the space that I'm in. And I just think that there's a place where we mature in, in our identity. You know what? I'm gonna say what I mean. And I mean, what I say, I think Jesus had it right whenever he said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. But that's connected to a revelation of your identity in Christ Jesus. Mm. Um, Number two, uh, I, I just wrote, awareness is one of the most underrated qualities to grow in and focus on as a leader. Um, It never ceases to amaze me, uh, even working with, especially working with young adults, but all our young people, but also adults where the level of awareness is so down. Whenever you don't have awareness, it brings so many complications in the relational arena, um, and and I think that one that one trait alone can take you so far because what it communicates is it communicates humility, and it communicates mm. maturity. Like it's one thing to 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 be to to do something wrong, to say something wrong, to show up unprepared, to not be, you know, it, not necessarily be prepared to do whatever it is, whatever task that you've been invited to do. That's one thing. It's a whole nother thing to, to not show up, to say something wrong, to offend someone and have no clue that it happened and to be the only one in no the clue. room and to be the only one in the <laughs> right. room that's completely clueless. And I think, you know, Seth, in our leadership development of adding value to people and even leaders who are in positions of like leading others, I think that awareness, is one of the most, it's one of the most underrated, because what I'm seeing in leaders that even, you know, you're given a platform, or you're given opportunity, and it's like, where awareness, it was like, you clipped out of awareness, like someone thought Mm. that you could like, like, kind of gift test yourself, out <laughs> like I'm in the gifted mm. program. And so I'm just gonna like skip over right. and it's like, oh no. And what wow. it does is it actually undermines the gift and the talent that God's placed on your life. So as you grow wow. in your gift, you've also got to grow in your awareness. How am I coming across to people? How are people receiving me? Because impact and intent are two totally different things. And so whenever you lack wow. awareness, you'll forget that though your intent may be pure, your impact was awful, but without awareness, mm-hmm. you're like, but this is what I meant. Like, no, that, and it's like, oh, if you were just a little bit more aware, you know? And obviously that could facilitate even to the most practical areas of leadership, right? Um, wow. So I, I, I'm a really, really big on awareness. And, you know, I think one of, the, one of the reasons why I learned that is that I've had great mirrors in my life. And by mirrors, Mm. I mean friends and I mean mentors like you. Mm. I am convinced that you cannot. It is impossible for you to arrive at the level of awareness that you need to be at as a leader alone. It's literally impossible. Mm. But how many times do we kind of fall for the lie that we could? You know, I don't need anybody telling me that. Or whenever we mistake someone's role Mm. as a mentor in our lives, and we think that they're just supposed to agree with us all the time and tell us how awesome we are, but we don't grow in awareness. Mm. So that's number two, number three.
1: Hey, Brandon, with that, real quick, I I want you to elaborate on this. Mm. So what would you say to the person who they are not aware that they are not (laughs) self-aware. And so what would you say for every person listening to this, like that could just help them evaluate this? If it's asking people around them, just what would you, what would you say to that? Yeah.
0: I think it starts off with asking the personal question and being
1: introspective.
0: When was the last time I gave permission for someone to answer me honestly without making them Mm. pay for it and asking about awareness. Like, hey, how did I come across? Or in that particular setting or meeting or whenever I was meeting with that person, what did you pick up with? It was years ago. It was like 11 years ago, Seth, one of my mentors, um, an incredible leader in the body of Christ, Jeannie Mayo, sitting in her living room years ago is my first year doing this coaching program that she does called The Cadre. And she said, um, she asked us a question as a group of probably about 25, 30 youth pastors in her living room as we were figuring out how to do youth ministry well and be better leaders. And she just said, whenever people on your team or in your world correct you or give you feedback that you don't like, do you make them pay for it? And I was like, yes. I make them pay for it. And then she just began to coach us all. Here's what I mean by making them pay for it. You are rude with them afterwards. You treat them differently or you treat them poorly. You respond in a fleshly manner whenever they disagree with or they say something that you don't like. All of those things are going to hinder and undermine your leadership if you continue to make people pay for it because you make them pay for it long enough. And then they'll just tell you what you want to hear. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. guilty as charges. was like my second year in youth ministry. I was running, I was leading teenagers, but on my volunteer team, I had adults that were older than me and I would make them pay for it out of my own just, and I mm. made a decision in that season. I'm not going to make people pay for it. Gosh, so they can be candid. They can be so honest, good, you know, all of that. So I think that's where it starts at. Good question. So, number three, um, I just wrote here: anointing and talent can carry can only carry you so far. Higher levels in terms of your leadership and growth require things like a solid work ethic, emotional intelligence, character, integrity, etc. I think in a world that we are um, in a world where we are obsessed with talent and we're obsessed with charisma and we're obsessed with you know, how someone looks on Instagram or the number mm-hmm. of followers, you know, we buy followers now just to make, like, I want to make sure that I have, you know what I'm saying? I know there's all sorts of promotional mm. marketing purposes, but I'm like, mm, at the end of the day, nine times out of 10 it feels a little right. bit good to have a, like a bigger, you know, no matter, no mind, no matter the fact that we're all going to see that only two people are lacking your posts out of your 20 <laughs> billion followers. But I think right, that there's right. something, I think that there's something to it of, Oh, I think that if I just get a larger platform, that mm. that's going to be my ticket to success. And mm. I, I think that I think that we have to come to this realization that there are there is no such thing as an overnight success. Nobody who's successful made it there overnight. It is years of preparation. And so I think Mm -hmm. about, you know, just the modicum of success that I had even in youth ministry, Seth, and speaking in large platforms and all of that. Oh my gosh, the amount of times that I preached to rooms of 20 kids, of 50 kids, of 60 kids, and pouring my heart out. like come on I remember yes. in my first two years of youth ministry I would say it and I don't it was the Joseph in me or whatever perhaps it was just youthful naivete or maybe maybe it was this faith filled lens that God had given me a vision for that I didn't even realize but I would often say like on Wednesday nights I'm preaching as my first youth group had about 50 kids before we grew to a couple hundred or so but I'm like and I am preaching to you I preach the same way now that I preached you know, 11, 12 years ago, like right. in terms of intensity, <laughs> like this isn't new, yeah, yeah. but whatever I would preach, I remember standing on chairs in our youth building and being like, and I'm preaching to you, like I'm preaching to thousands. I know there's only a hundred of us in this room, but I'm preaching like I'm preaching to thousands. I'm going to preach to thousands one day and I'm going to be able to share this message. And I, and, and I remember thinking like, I'm going to give it all and I'm going to grow and I'm going to grow in my character and I'm going to grow in my integrity because I know that this is not all that God has for me. This is not, It but if I'm gonna make it there, it's that old kind of leadership adage what got you here won't get you there. So there was always this mindset of I must grow, and so my talent, my anointing will get me into certain rooms. But it's my character, Mm. it's my integrity, it's my prayer life, it's a personal life of holiness, it is making those quiet, everyday decisions that no one else will ever know about that is going to keep me in that room or that's going to keep me at that level and keep me there for the long haul. Seth, I have become, I have become almost, I I don't know, maybe it's too much, but with the amount of people that you and I have seen different pastors and leaders, whether it's burnout, whether it's making a decision to end their lives, whether it's falling into some level of immorality or ethical scandal or moral failure or whatever, it is just so in me to say, what is it that I need to grow in? Because I don't want to do that. And it's not totally reactive because I understand that sometimes whenever we act things, you know, the pendulum can swing, but I don't think it's just some overreaction. I actually think it's healthy to begin with the end in mind, to build now with the future in mind and not just visionary success and global impact who do I want to be? What do I want to mm. be said at my funeral? Mm. What do I want people, do I want people to have to lie or feel pressure? Wow! Or do I want to make right. it really easy for people to say, this is who Brandon was as a father, as a husband, as a friend, and then as a pastor, or a youth pastor, or a movement leader, or whatever right. it was. And I think whenever you think like that, you begin to evaluate, okay, anointing and talent, great. And I'm gonna grow in those things. I'm gonna work my talent. I'm gonna perfect my craft. But emotional intelligence, how, how, mm. how am I, how are people experiencing me in the everyday, in the one-on-ones that I'm having? But what happens is whenever we get the big head, we remove ourselves from those spaces and we kind of go into this cave of you know we call it intimacy with the lord or moses and god and it's like mm, that hasn't worked that ha- that hasn't bode well for us as the right. church it's actually right. better whenever we have people around us you know what i'm saying and so character so integrity good. and then a solid work ethic i think acknowledging that it t- takes all of those growing and developing together if we're going to do this well for the long haul whatever it is that god has called you know our listeners to do um, n- so good. number four. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. This is one. <laughs> oh, um, I love Say this. it. How you feel it. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> I-, I love this because I so believe it. And it's the hardest thing for me to do. But I choose to do it. Number four is believe the best about people, even at the expense of looking like an idiot and doing so, because it will help keep your heart soft. And, you know, it said in planting a church and then leading at this level, you know, I, I did this in youth ministry. And let me just tell you, it's a whole lot harder whenever you're in this kind of senior leadership, senior pastor role, because what you will be told oftentimes is that everybody comes with an agenda. Everybody has an agenda, you know, and of course, it's not every single person, but by and large. But I think for my wife and I, Seth, we have just adopted this principle. And I was sharing this with our launch team in our pre launch phase like, hey, we're going to believe the best about one another. We're just going to live in idiot land. Like, because I feel like the happiest people <laughs> can oftentimes live in idiot land whenever it comes to interpreting, trying to interpret, or it's misinterpreting. Great people's motives and I just made this right. decision I'd rather live in idiot land and have a good heart a smile on my face that's genuine and authentic than be that person be that guy who's just like you know there's wow. just someone out to get me behind every everybody they're just oh, I'm good wow. and it's like life is just too short I'm coming up on 40 wow. now and and to some that's young to some that's old whatever um but but I just think I'm evaluating, like, what is the quality? What I want the quality of my life to be, right? We want to help people win in every area, and I think part of winning is, what's the quality of your life? And Jesus said, "I come mm-hmm. to give you life, and like give you life more abundantly." That speaks yes. to a quality of life, not just in the here, in the in the in the afterlife, right? So, this is one way that I just, you know, man, I know they said that but I'm just going to believe, I'm going to choose to believe the best. I'm going to believe that, you Mm. know, they did that probably because there's some hurt, there's some wounding in their life. Now I get it, right? Like wisdom says you have to have boundaries and borders. I'm not saying where you just open up the doorway to your heart and allow people to just wound (laughs) you and assault you. But what I am saying is at least starting from a place of believing the best about people until proven otherwise And even after they prove you otherwise, because I just see Jesus leading this way. I just see Jesus with a Judas in his midst. I just see Jesus Mm. saying, even even though I know what you're real, but I see something better in you and I see something greater in you. That's just... That's just where we've chosen to live. And I think because of that, our hearts have remained pure. Yes, we've had people betray us. Yes, we've had people talk about us. Yes, we've had people try to align our character, people that we love deeply, pastors, leaders. I get it. So I, listen, we have been through the ringer, as most of us have. If you spent more than a day or two in full-time local church ministry, <laughs> the thing that has propelled us towards the church and, and and allowed us to continue to do this with a good heart is I'm still going to choose to believe the best about your motive, wow. about your, you didn't mean to just rip me apart. There's no way. There's not that much evil in you. Mm. could there be? In the name of Jesus, there's not. And, um, and I think it's allowed <laughs> us to even honestly, Seth, like navigate some conversations. We've had to have some really hard conversations with some people on our team lately in the last couple of months. And it was that very principle alone. It's like my wife mm. and I looked at each other. We're like, we're going to believe the best. So we're gonna bless people, we're gonna show up with a gift, we're gonna give, and we're going into a very difficult conversation where someone wronged us and we're super disrespectful and super dishonoring. But we come in with gifts because we we're just gonna believe the best. You didn't surely you didn't mean to do that, right? You to meant to do that, right? Mm-hmm. After as kind, as good as wow. we've been to you, you know, it's just like that's what you're thinking <laughs> your head as good as I've been to you and you're but you're just like, no, you don't say that because I'm just I'm believing the best. You're right. And I'm still and so and that way, because Seth, I think sometimes we have to make the decision. And a lot of people think that they can get their cake with their with their ice on top, you know, their cake and their ice cream too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you have to choose. And this is this is what we've learned. You can be right or you can be free. Sometimes you can't be both, sometimes you don't wow. get both, right? Whenever it comes in, I think we've all been there with relational dissonance and, and all of those different things, tensions that can happen. And you can be right or you can be free. And I'm just telling you, if you want to live a longer life and have a little bit more quality and value to your life, you'll choose freedom over being right a hundred times over. Immaturity picks right being over being, over being oh, free. Man. Maturity says, I don't have to be right. I'd rather be free. And I'd rather be in a good, healthy place in terms of my relationship with God and my relationship with people. So that that's believing the best. And I could riff on that for a while because Lord knows we are- Brandy, you, that just, out you just actively. pastored me.
1: Gosh, I <laughs> needed to hear that because my, this is, and just to be, this is for me, this isn't for the listeners. That one was for mm. me because one of my, my biggest fear in life and mm-hmm. leadership and ministry and even my family is to be taken advantage of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. like- God has given me a lot of gifts, but let me tell you, like mm-hmm. with that confidence comes insecurity yes. and in that insecurity, it's like, man, I have this thought in the back of my head, man, someone's going to take advantage of me. And here's yep. the good news. Yeah, they are. And yeah. you still yeah. believe the best in them. <laughs> you still do. <laughs> so and you're thank just you, like, dude. but God, so
0: <laughs> but Gosh, it's like that's, so that's if you're going to lead and love people well, it's like that's at least that is what's working for us. So. Um, number five, I just put, keep a pastor in your life because everybody needs a pastor and, uh, gosh, again, in a culture, in a society where man, like everybody wants to be the, you know, everybody wants to be a chief. Nobody wants to be an Indian. Um, I think we forget that all of us are responsible too. um, someone all of us must be submitted to someone and i think an annual read that i would suggest to every listener everywhere is the tale of three kings that you know just that epic leadership book by eugene edwards um of the tale of three kings talking about david and saul and how to come out of this because we would all paint ourselves quickly as a david Uh, Whenever in truth, Mm. there's a little bit of Saul in every single one of us. I remember the first time reading that, oh my gosh, the first time I read it and I thought, (laughs) oh my God, I'm Saul. He's not Saul. I'm Saul. We're all Saul, you know, but making a decision, but it's like keeping a pastor in your life, someone that you're submitted to, a pastor that you are submitted to, that you can, that can correct you, that can tell you no, and you don't fight and buck against that system I was talking to an influential pastor yesterday and he's like, man, I'm just so thankful for the three pastors that are my pastors in my life. And they can, they can tell me, no, they can correct me. If I go off course, I will submit to any and every process they would ever, they would ever give me. Conversely. um, There's a very influential leader who it's quite the opposite. And I was just talking, you know, recently in conversation with someone who was a leader in their life and you know, just had some decisions that were poorly made. And, and that leader and along with several others said, hey, this is what you need to do. And that leader said uh, the, the, the one who was supposed to be the subordinate leader um, said, no, I'm not doing that. And and I just thought, mm. oh, gosh, what a place of danger. There really is mm. safety. There really is security and submission to a pastor. And being a part of a local community, no matter how big or successful or influential uh, you get. And then finally, lastly, but not least, um, never, I just wrote never, ever stop growing and learning because the moment you stop learning is the moment you stop living as a leader. And I think that's universally applicable in relationships um, because sometimes we kind of downplay leading in our home, you know, to be honest, whether it's husband, wife, mom and dad leading in a marriage relationship. And I can tell you, I've sat with enough couples, married couples, where one of them almost made like an intentional decision. I'm going to stop learning. And at the moment they stopped learning in the relationship, but the spouse kept learning. They kept growing. They kept living. And then they look back and several years have passed and it's like, well, where are you? Because I've been adding, I've been taking this these online courses. I've been a part of this group. I've been reading these books. Right. I've been developing... But what have you listen this is not what we signed up for we're supposed to be growing together that's in the context of marriage uniquely or specifically in leadership oh goodness everything around us is constantly evolving and changing and what happens is you'll quickly become left behind there's an old leadership book that i like to reference we read it whenever i was in college who moved my cheese and it was like the quintessential leadership book back in the day and it just talked about once you reach a certain level of success you have to keep growing. It's like a mouse who you wow. know gets it, and it's like, "Who moved my cheese?" Like, what? I always come here. I always do this, and I'm successful. And it's like the, somebody moved the cheese, and you got to move with it. And so, I think wow. that is of utmost uh, importance. So, those are six things, just right off the top of my head, man.
1: That's great. And hey, to end with this, um, I would you speak to the person who feels stuck? Mm-hmm. Um, so you just read through those things, and there's so many takeaways, but you know, they're thinking, I hear you, Brandon, I hear what you said on this last one, I need to keep growing, I need to keep moving, you know, somebody's moved the cheese, and I'm not moving after it, you know, like, whatever yeah. it may be, like, yeah. what would you say to the person who's like, I just don't know what to do right now, I just feel stuck, what, what would you mm-hmm. tell them?
0: I would say, you know, especially if you're a person of faith, you've got to realize that there's always an exit route, there's always a way off of the endless, merry-go-round of confusion or stagnation always Mm. because that is not God's intention for any of us Mm. oftentimes Mm. that doorway that exit route that that's that fire that fire um you know stairwell whatever comes in the form of a person a relationship because life moves at the speed of relationships, your partners, your, your pathways are often determined by your partnerships. What often happens though, Seth, is God will send us a gift in a package that we don't like. Mm. And so send someone to relationally friendship wise to encourage us to call us higher. I truly believe this Seth, but oftentimes we'll, we'll miss it or we'll be dismissive And we won't even realize that every person that God brings in your life comes. They are a bow. They are wrapped. They are wrapped. What you're looking at is a gift box. But what you're missing is on the inside. There's a precious treasured gift on the inside to help you get to your next level, to help you get get to your next to help you take your next step. But if you improperly discern them, you miss the moment and you stay on the merry-go-round of, oh, my gosh, I'm just stuck. The second part of that is if you're in a place where you say, I just don't have those, you'd be surprised what will happen if you choose to be that friend, if you choose to be that relationship to someone else, how God just in his sovereignty and in his wisdom will allow, all right, I'm going to bring this person who you didn't even realize that I just brought into your world and they're going to help you. God, whenever God wants to bless you, whenever God wants to help get you out of something, oftentimes he'll send a person. Whenever Satan wants Mm. to curse you, he'll send a person. And you gotta deserve the two and where you're gonna give your time to in terms of your relationships. So that's what I would say about that, man.
1: Bro, that is that is so good. And hey, before we close this thing down, could you pray for all of us, just those that are listening as well?
0: Oh, absolutely. Father of glory, I thank you so much that it is your will, it's your intention, it's your highest purpose to see each and every last one of us live at our maximum potential, our maximum level of effectiveness to advance your kingdom, to bring you glory. And I thank you that at no point do we bring you more glory than whenever we are walking in the fullness of our calling, than we are walking mm. and taking steps towards the destiny that you have on each of our lives. I pray that you would release grace right now over every single listener, that you would remind them that you have never called us to walk this journey alone, that you have not called us to reach success alone, to reach our calling and our destiny alone. Father, you walk with us, but then you've also called us to do it together in community with friends, with brothers, with sisters, with mentors, with leaders in our lives. Holy Spirit of the living God, I pray that you would breathe on every listener's heart right now. I pray for those who are discouraged even by this topic of, oh gosh, I'm not growing. God, I break shame and I break guilt Mm. and I break condemnation and I break discouragement off of them. And I thank you that you have given them a sound mind of power, that you have given them a spirit of, a, of, of, of love, of joy, of power, yes. of a sound mind yes. right now in the name of Jesus. You have not given us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. That's what I speak over these leaders today who are going to rise up from the place that they're in and say, I can't stay here. I must go on. I've got to press forward into who God has called me to be and what God has called me to do for God's glory
1: and my good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on today's episode. We are so honored to help you win in life, leadership, and ministry. Find us on all social media platforms at Helping You Win Podcast. And then also, man, if you would go subscribe and leave us a review, it would help us a ton. And share it on social media. We believe that we lead better when we lead together.